Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, Happy New Year to everyone. Hope you guys had a good holidays. Uh, Before we get into today's episode, uh, I want to tell you guys I started a Patreon account for the podcast to help support the production and hopefully make some more content in the new year here. Um, So if you enjoy the podcast, would like to support, um, you can go to patreon.com slash the photo banter. I got a couple of different tiers there. Um, But yeah, like any support is much appreciated, but no pressure. Uh, Just wanted to throw it out there. I uh, appreciate everyone who's listening and uh, who reaches out over the years. It's much appreciated. Uh, but yeah, if you'd like to support, just go to patreon.com slash the photo panther. And I'll put the link in the description. And uh, thanks for the support. And we'll get into today's episode here. Thanks. Welcome back to the photo banter podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gagne. And on today's podcast, I speak with photographer Andreas Kidowski who is also the co-founder of PicDrop, a file transfer tool designed specifically for photographers. Andreas has photographed for clients such as Billboard Magazine, The Wall Street Journal, Stern, and Forbes Magazine, to name a few. I'm excited to have Andreas on the podcast, as not only is he a talented photographer, but has also spent the last 10 years building the amazing file transfer tool, PicDrop. Getting the opportunity to meet Andreas and the entire PicDrop team in Berlin, Germany was a real pleasure. Andreas and the whole team are incredibly dedicated to making PicDrop the best platform for photographers to share photos, so I can't thank them enough for their continued and longtime support of the podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode, and thanks so much for listening. All right, I now welcome on Andreas Kadovsky, which you just you just taught me how to the correct German pronunciation yeah. of your name. Uh, so really happy to have you, Andreas, uh, for a lot of reasons. Uh, respect your work, and then also you're the first person company to sponsor my podcast, and you've support, supported me for years. Um, so thank you so much for taking time to do this. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and we it's got the, we got the meet up yesterday, and you gave me the whole tour history of uh, Berlin. So that was a really exciting experience. Um, but I guess to start off, like I was kind of curious, like like where did you grow up, and like what were you interested in as a kid growing up? As a kid, oh wow! Um, actually, I'm from East Germany, so I grew up in East Germany at the Baltic coast in the north of Germany. For those who don't know. Um, what was I interested in? The thing is, I'm interested in so much that there's not a one topic. I was uh, riding, like horse riding, played volleyball, I uh, water polo, I was uh, gliding actually, flying planes, all that stuff. Um, but there was not that one one topic and that's actually how I found out that I'm a super curious person and that the perfect job for me would be a photographer maybe. Because yeah. I meet people, new people every every single week. Yeah, because talking to you yesterday, like where you grew up, it was more, it was like uh, kind of more a smaller town. Like it wasn't like a big city or anything, right? Yeah, I think for US standards, it's not a, it's a small town for German. It's a medium town, 200,000 people. I'm from Rostock for those uh, two or three German listeners. Um, and yeah. Not small, but also it's not a town where you actually would approach a career as a photographer. Not at all. And how do you first discover photography? How old were you? And do you remember kind of the initial spark for you? Interestingly, even though as a professional, I later worked on, on film a lot. But uh, I discovered it through the first digital camera of my best friend. He okay. once came to school and maybe 10th grade or something and he brought a little olympus one megapixel camera Mm -hmm. just the one button camera and i thought hmm that's fun 
I can annoy people. I can take pictures of people. And so I ran around at school and took pictures of everyone who wasn't quick enough to run away. And half a year later, the two megapixel version came out. And <laughs> the early the early days of those point and shoot cameras yeah. were so interesting because it was like there technically there was a screen, but it was basically useless. Yeah. It, it was yeah. like blurry. It really didn't show you anything. Yeah. But I, I remember those early I remember getting my first little digital point and shoot and you everyone would be like uploading online to like either like Facebook or what was some of the other like there was some other put it was even before Facebook. Yeah, before wasn't it, Facebook, there was like I'm trying to remember. There was like one website in the states yeah. that people used. To, but yeah, the whole point and shoot thing yeah. was great. So you never, because a lot of people they start out with film, the whole darkroom experience. You were digital from the beginning. I, I did, but you know, before I actually thought about becoming a professional photographer, there was a step in between. So during school and after school, I had a little company. Um, sounds like it's, it's, I'm coming from a wealthy family. I'm not, but. Um, I founded a little company accidentally and it was like a cultural website for Rostock. So we actually created that company where you could see what's in theaters that day and what's in cinema and what parties are going on. And of course, someone needed to take pictures of all of that. So I went to concerts every day. I went to theater groups and I brought my camera and I just took pictures. I still didn't know I ever will be a photographer, but at some point, some point I thought like, huh, school is over. I need to do something. Didn't want to go to the army as you can do in, in Germany. So hmm, photography. So I actually Googled. No, it was not Google. It was Alta Vista back then. I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I really I didn't know anything about photography. I didn't know that there's these websites where photographers can show their work. I didn't know anything. I just Googled top 10 photographers Germany. And I created a list of top 10 photographers and I called them and they were like confused. Like, what do you want? I'm like, I don't know, apprenticeship. I don't, I, I, and someone said, yes, come along. And next day I took the train to Dusseldorf near, new, near to where you landed some days ago. And I learned everything about film. And from then I started shooting on film. Yeah. And you think because now obviously you, before you're you're running pick drop now you guys founded this company with mm -hmm. i think you have two other partners and then starting your own photography career do you, do you think you always knew you kind of wanted to work for yourself and kind of build your own thing always since today i'm 40 now i'm always surprised how people that sounds mean a bit how people can work for a company if it's not your own i always wanted to be my own boss but i never thought about it, it was just, it just happened organically and also i'm a super bad employee i would hate myself as an employee why why are you this kind of i'm not consistent in, in what i do i new, need new topics and new stuff and new adventures every week mm. and once I've done something one or three times, it gets boring to me. So, uh, photographer is the perfect job. Actually. Yeah, yeah, it is interesting because, like yourself, I'm just a freelance photographer, and it's uh, there is a lot of uncertainty. There's always this uncertainty of like, when, yeah. when's the next job coming in? I hope I keep this client. I hope I can just keep building. That's horrible. I I, I know it. Yeah. I feel like, but the longer I do it, I get a little more comfortable with it. You're never like completely yeah. comfortable, but you know, the good thing about working for yourself, like whatever you put into it is what you're going to get out of it. I know that's like a exactly. cl cliche thing to say, but it's like, it, it's, you can see the results and it takes time. Whereas like we work for a big company, you're kind of, 
there's so many moving pe- parts yeah. and people yeah. and you can't you can't like pivot quickly and that was a big change to me a big learning like in the first days of pick drop uh, that i guess we will talk about yeah, later yeah uh, we were, it was just me and tobias my co-founder and when i had an idea i just went on my bike went to his place told him hey let me show you something and then next day it was done and now it's it would be put on a list or somebody will discuss it and then we're still super quick compared to other companies but yeah it's a it's yeah. a running yeah. yeah i remember one of my first jobs out of college i worked for hasbro which is like one of the biggest toy companies mm. in the u.s and didn't know that yeah i only worked there for like a year just doing product photography but that was my first experience of like getting to work in like a corporate environment mm-hmm. and you realize like every little thing to do anything you had to email like five people and that's what it, yeah. it got frustrating to me i'm like why like what are we doing and i was like let's so, go so that's how you decided to become a photographer or? no not how i decided to become a photographer but i think i realized like oh i'm just gonna build my own thing mm-hmm. and and this like you know it's gonna take more time but i'd rather um shoot photograph what i want to shoot and then not be stuck in the corporate like i mean mm-hmm. I, it's uh like you said you can if you have an idea you can act quickly and then do it as long as your clients let you do it yeah but to me there's always a uh, version a that's mm. what the client client wants and then there's version b like mm. hey do you have two more minutes i have an idea yeah because so. you mentioned the first company you started it was like a website right mm-hmm. were you like building the website yourself and coding no, no i can't code at all okay like i'm actually forbidden to code at this company like <laughs> i'm i'm not kidding yeah. i don't even have access to the servers or anything here yeah. uh, there's some some old stories about me coding stuff and trust me no one wants to see that um <laughs> uh, yeah it's interesting but I, get, but I know what i want and i know what i need as a photographer yeah definitely and to go back in your kind of early days of photography. So you ended up kind of assisting some other photographers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, who were some of the photographers you got to work with and what did you learn most from them? Biggest influence on me was actually uh, Rüdiger Nemzo, a super nice guy from Düsseldorf who unfortunately passed away like three, four years ago. Super big influence on me. And I actually would say that I learned 80 to 90% of what I know nowadays from him. Not I'm not talking about specific technique in lightning or uh, cameras but the way to think about a photo like plan ahead how to deal with uh, clients actually and when i started at his place i didn't even know that you how much you can take as a photographer i i would have had no idea for years if it's like 200 euros 2000 euros or dollars for your audience or 5000 or what's actually what rights are like i learned everything in that one year and at his place and he was very open about this sharing. totally totally and that's what i love so much about him um that he didn't hide a thing not a single thing Do i messed up like a lot but still he said okay he messed up you learned tomorrow's a new day i messed up our first photo shoot actually day one really what did you mess up i put in the film the wrong way like <laughs> Wrong side to the camera, to, to the lens. Because you had never used that. Because though. I've never used film before. I didn't know how to put in a single roll of film. And you were too probably too nervous to ask, like, hey, I don't know how to totally, do it. Totally. See, that's, I, you learn that mistake quickly. You're yeah. better out. If you don't know, you let them know right out the gate. Yeah. 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 And that's also what I tell my assistants nowadays. Like, hey, there's no ego here. If you have a question, if it's five questions, 15 questions, let me know. Mm-hmm. And if you're insecure about anything, also let me know. We're a team and I will not yell at you. I've never yelled at any assistant. And I hate people who do that. Yeah. 
Um, that's that's also a huge influence by, by Rüdiger on me. Do you, do you feel like that's common? Like he, he was able to, he sh he was open, shared. Is that common, you think, in the German photo world? Like I know in the States, it's kind of some- Sharing or yeah, yeah, streaming? Yeah, this, this sharing. Sharing. Uh, yeah, because I know like in the States, like some people are open about sharing. Some people are very closed off. Mm. I guess it's like- I think it has changed um, also through that uh, little German podcast that I mm -hmm. also do, but it's not really interesting for your international <laughs> audience, I guess. Um, I pushed a lot in the German scene to share, like, mm -hmm. hey, guys, you should share. And so it became more common, not through me in general. And I feel like younger people share more, mm -hmm. but also younger photographers also they step into that trap of uh, pretending to be big even oh. before they know oh, like everything. Social media. Social media. This pre presenting yeah, yourself. Yeah. 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 You don't need that. There's enough clients out there. And uh, I feel a lot of people, including me, sometimes they feel a lot of pressure. Like, uh, mm -hmm. I'm not shooting for myself. What I'm actually trying to achieve here, I'm what looks good on social media. But been there done that so i know I, I know it's uh we, i mean i've been talking about it we'll, we'll get into it because you're no, most known for your amazing portraits you do of like this really incredible people be it like politicians or mm -hmm. wh whoever uh, but then you're all like some of my favorite work of yours is like these like street photos you mm -hmm. traveling but yeah you kind of curate your stuff and I, we all do i do it the same way my own instagram i'm just like i'm only gonna put up like my assignment work and not my personal stuff because it's it, because Instagram has become the portfolio. Exactly. Which is like... I hate that. It's 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 like made us all to... Because the thing about photography, it's about being creative and trying new things. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I, I want to get back to that myself. But we're all, we're all, at least for me, I'm just like worried, like, will clients like that? Will I keep getting hired if I like... Yeah, yeah. Instead of posting, because like you, I mostly do portraiture. But I'm like, I don't know, what if I take a cool picture of my... I don't know some food I ate. The glass on the table. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, 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 exactly. Because yeah. like some of the most creative stuff is not even. It's just the stuff we see in daily life. Like we were walking around uh, in Berlin last night, and you saw this like old man in this standing on the street. I was rushing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just like the stuff that got you excited, and mm -hmm. that had nothing to do with an assignment. You might have seen the smile on my face all of a sudden. I mean, not that I didn't <laughs> smile before. Oh, you you ran <laughs> over. You're like you're like I love this. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I also um, kept thinking about what you told me. Like, hey, why do you have a second Instagram account for this? Why, why Andreas? You should put it on your first account. But yeah it's uh i told you like the first account is my official work i love it yeah. but the second account is my my love and that's the that's the photo from you've seen the photo that's hanging here in the office it's yeah. from, a, from from holiday and i don't want to i don't want to pretend as many photographers do that that's an official job somebody sent me to sri lanka to mm. take these photos of some people mm. living there no that's a I love that shot. Yeah. It's one of my top 10 shots of all time, but it's a personal See, thing. It's, I get that. I think it's, yeah. I don't think it's like, I don't think I would read that as like, oh, you're trying to present this as you went on assignment or whatever. Like I have one of my friend, uh, Nils Erickson, who's an amazing photographer and he's, he's the best because he's a guy, I, I'm not like this. Like I, I don't carry a camera with me everywhere. I'm more like intentional. Like if mm -hmm. I find a project or story, then I'm like, then I'm all in on it. But I'm not like a snapshot guy every day. You did yesterday. You carried your Leica yeah, yeah. around Berlin. Hey, hey, shout out Leica. They gave me a, <laughs> they gave me a loaner, so I, I was using it on this. Tra travel's different because mm -hmm. it's like an experience. But um, my friend Nils, he's he just photographs his daily life, like with his kids and stuff. And honestly, 
that I love that work more than his. He does brand stuff for Nike and all these biggest brands and famous athletes. And it's like, yeah, you get to really like, and it's hard to be like, you're kind of like being vulnerable of like putting yourself out there because it's like hard. But I don't know. I love seeing like what photographers are into, you know. But teach own, it's different. Yeah, yeah, and also like you know, we all strive for these perfect portraits but when a magazine sends me to i don't know take pictures of some politician mm -hmm. there's circumstances that i have to deal with it's usually two to five minutes i have no influence on the location of, i have a little influence i can ask them like can you come here come over here like 50 meters sometimes even 200 meters like can we go to that corner over there or actually 50% of the time where I ask some politician, like, can we go outside? Like, can we step outside just for two minutes? They're like, no, we don't have time for this. And so you very often you're stuck in some super boring offices. I mean, same in the US with uh, US uh, portrait photographers. Yeah. And then you have to be creative and I'm super proud of what I do. But of course, then I step outside and then I see that uh, bird flying there and I want to <laughs> take that picture. And <laughs> Um, yeah so yeah and how did you go from being an assistant to like starting to do your own assignments because mm -hmm. i think that's the hardest thing for people to do is actually make it a career which you've been able to do for a, a long time how did you kind of uh, make that transition yourself actually i did one big mistake that i would tell everybody not to do i assisted and i took photos for myself at the same time so i moved to berlin like 20 years ago um started assisting to another photographer and uh, who was some doing something completely different architecture and fashion and i quickly realized i love the arctic architecture shots but hmm, it was not my heart wasn't uh, mm -hmm. bumping when we took these photos and so i started assisting to like uh, as a freelancer to other photographers and learned a lot but I also quickly realized that I always had an opinion on set. Of course, you want you want assistants that have an opinion and that maybe help, like, hey, how about this and that, and should we try that? And but you also want assistants who are totally into what you are trying to create and who don't stand there, like many assistants do. Yeah. I'm talking to my assistants. <laughs> I'm talking about it openly, and who don't feel like I could do better. And honestly, I was that. I'm not proud of it, but I was there like, why does that guy have that job and not me? And doesn't sound very nice, but there was me and I, I quickly realized I should sh stop assisting. That's not fair, neither to me nor to the photographers that I assisted to. And so I took my horrible portfolio and I went to some okay magazines just to get the first jobs. And there were some people who actually, I don't know what they saw <laughs> because it was it was horrible. Yeah. I, I'm telling you, it was horrible. Um, but they gave me a chance and I took some photos of some CEOs of companies and uh, nothing spectacular. And I could make a living, hard living for five years, but after five years, I could afford a nice camera and yeah. my first uh, light gear. And it was long and long and slow way or path do you think that's kind of help you help prepare yourself for what you're doing now with pick drop it knowing like when you started pick drop you're like this isn't going to be overnight it's not going to be one years or two years or three years it's just like it's going to take a long time 
Actually, when we started PickDrop, um, did you mention what it is? Oh uh, yeah, PickDrop. Well, yeah, well, yeah. PickDrop <laughs> is a image transfer tool which has been uh, gladly supporting the podcast for years. I'm sure people have heard me talk about it. It's uh, it's an image transfer tool built by photographers mm -hmm. for photographers to share your images with clients or whoever. Um, yeah, but yeah, that's but, basically it. So I just wanted to 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 let your audience know what it is before I start talking about that. Yeah, um, actually, no, we didn't think like that because when I had the idea for PickDrop, I didn't plan a company or anything. I I was just so annoyed. Like that was 12 years ago. Mm -hmm. That was before we transfer and Dropbox and all these big brands. Uh, congrats to these guys for creating amazing tools. But um, I just needed something. You know, I had a tech background, even though I'm not good at coding. I always worked with other people at school and after school, like creating these websites and tools for me. So I quickly realized as a photographer that the software that we all used was not good, not yeah. good enough. It could be better. So I just asked a friend if he could create a simple PHP script for the coders in mm -hmm. your audience. Where you just upload the pictures in a folder and then it automatically creates a gallery once you open the website mm -hmm. and that worked and i used it for a year just for myself never planned on creating a company and more and more photographers and friends and clients saw that and they were all like what's that yeah what is that i want to i want to have that too and I, after 50 people asking you uh, what it is you Automatically, at least I feel like okay, then I might be on something. Yeah. Here and because it was really you almost just built it. You built it for yourself. Exactly. Yeah. I'm still building it for myself. I'm still a working photographer, and every single I annoy my team a lot by feature requests, and uh, <laughs> they build something, and then I come around the corner. I'm like, yeah, that's nice. Yeah. But one last thing, please, and. So actually, and what happened then is I saw the opportunity. And actually, our only goal was if it ever pays the rent, we're super happy. Like mm -hmm. We saw like 50 other photographers who could use a tool like that. And I found my great co-founder, then already friend, Tobias. And I just told him in the climbing gym, that's a story. It's not a made-up story. It's a true story. I looked for someone to create that tool, like a real tool, not just my private tool. And he was listening to me in the climbing gym that I was annoyed, I couldn't find someone, and who do I create this tool with? And he didn't react at all. We continued climbing, and next morning, he sent me the first uh, prototype of PickDrop. It's, I'm not <laughs> kidding you, it's the true story, even though it sounds like made up. Yeah. And that's how we created that company, now company back then, just a hobby. Yeah, and I wanna get into more of the PickDrop stuff. Uh, sure. But how is the uh, thing I was interested, because like being a professional photographer, is different in every all different types of countries like yeah what it, being a professional photographer in germany like what is the pho photo market like is it like is there a lot of wedding photographers is there a lot of advertising work i know you've done a lot of really amazing editorial work but like generally are are photographers who are doing this as a living in germany are they specialists are they generalists who do a lot of different things or like in your in your mind like what do you think honestly i feel like it's not that different to the US anymore. Mm -hmm. um, we have all different kinds of photographers that I know through PicDrop nowadays. Now there's tens of thousands of people of, of photographers who use PicDrop and that's how I got to know like all the different scenes. 
And we have the wedding photographers, we have the magazine photographers, we have the advertising corporate pho photographers, the soccer mom photographers. I don't know if you call them yep, like yep, those who yep. actually sell photos to private people and their kids. And mm -hmm. um, we have it all nowadays. It's also uh, highly influenced by trends from the US, I feel. And when you were coming up looking at work, were you mostly just looking at the work of like German photographers? Me or? personally? Yeah. Totally US driven. Really? Yeah, totally. I'm a huge fan of the same guys that you like, like uh, Joe Park, of course, didn't know him back then. Um, first 10 years of my career, I was completely, um, how do you say, uh, it was just Annie Leibovitz everywhere. Like I have all the books. I, I Googled for all little 10 second uh, clips, uh, clips of yeah. her doing uh, um, photo shoots. Um, who else? We talked about him earlier, John Keatley. You should yep. invite him yeah, to, your, yep. to your podcast. You've always enjoyed his work. Yeah. Stuff like that, of course. Platon, uh, Ned of Kander. Yep. Um, those people, actually. Um, so it was always portraiture you were interested in. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I'm super interested in all kind of photography. But whenever I'm going to some exhibitions or I scroll through some Instagram accounts, I always realize everything but portrait hooks me for 30 seconds. Yeah. I'm completely hooked and then I lose interest immediately. Yeah. I, there has to be a human in the picture. Otherwise, it's I respect the craft and uh, I love what other people do. But I personally, I need a human in my photos. That's I mean... How would you describe my photography? Uh, yeah, it's like very like intimate portraits of like, I mean, you photograph a lot of people in power, a lot of uh, politicians, like you did a really amazing portrait of Angela Merkel for Stern, I think. And um, yeah, this very like quiet, intimate portraits, like well lit. That's like how I would describe it, I guess. Yeah, but the, the main thing f to me is like the quiet and a little bit off awkward, like mm -hmm. weird positions. Mm hmm. I never choose the one, the photo where they are laughing or where they look good. Yeah. I'm not interested in it at all. I'm interested in those moments. I mean, it's has been said so often, you know, I'm interested in the moments yeah, in yeah. between, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But really, when I come back from a photo shoot with 300 shots or something, it's pretty quick photo shoots. Uh, I'm always looking for that one weird moment. Yeah. And that's what I'm interested in. I don't. The, the worst is when you go to, I'm sure it's happened to you a million times, you go to photograph someone and they instantly just give you like their smile. Oh, I hate it. Like, it's like, like, it's like, it's like the, like you're, you're with your family, like at a birthday party. Yeah. It's, like, it's, like yeah. the, it's like, oh no, no, that's not what we're doing yeah. here. Yeah. And, and have you ever had, I've had this happen before where some people, they only want to smile in pictures because yeah. that's how they want to present themselves. Yeah. And then you're kind of this like stuck. I mean, yeah. honestly, I'm not that a big fan of tricking people into something, mm -hmm. but and I'm always fair to those subjects in front of my camera. I never trick them into taking photos before I officially say, okay, we're starting now. Okay. But what I do a lot is I always say, okay, we start now. And I rarely use photos that I took after I said, thanks, that's it. Sometimes I do, but then I tell those people yeah, before. Yeah. But what I do a lot is like, after officially starting a photo shoot, I take down my camera again. And I talk to them and I know I have two minutes. I take down the camera, I talk for one minute and then I just take it up. Officially the shoot has started okay. and then I take a picture before they can actually focus back on 
how they move or stand or look and that's the only shot i'm interested in and have you always been good like dealing with people because it is like being a photographer I'm and awkward really i'm so that's not true awkward. You, you, you say that i don't think so man you're easy to talk to in all my interactions yeah <laughs> but actually when I take photos, my brain is not able to do two things at the same time. It's impossible. People laugh at me. My my partner, she's always laughing at me. I can't drive and talk at the same time. So whenever a photo shoot ends, I always ask my assistants afterwards, like, what did I what did I say again? What I have no clue what I what I was talking. Yeah, I think I did. I I mean I do that too sometimes because in the moment where especially where you only have like five ten minutes with the person, and you're kind of like rushed and you're trying to get like whatever the magazine probably exactly. has like two three different looks they want to do. So you kind of rush and I made that mistake where I'm just like mumbling to the subject. Yeah, and you I realized going into it, you almost have to like prepare yourself. At least for me, I have to like remember to speak clearly. And then communicate mm -hmm. well because mm -hmm. if you like don't hide behind the behind the camera and yeah, I remember I learned that from Dan Winters when I talked to him. He's like, obviously you can't do this to every subject because it's just time constraints. But he's mm -hmm. like, he's like I try to talk to the person as long as I can before I even take a picture. Exactly, because exactly. then people know like you're not like you're not threatening. You're not trying to make them look bad or whatever. Yeah, Ho hopefully. I mean, I, I even sometimes uh, I don't try compliments or anything. Mm -hmm. Also, yeah, that also was said a lot by other photographers. I try to treat them the way... It's like normal person. I, I mean, I, I do my research. Yeah. Like the day before, I rarely sleep the night before. Really? Yeah. Still? Yeah, it's not because I'm so excited or what do you say? Uh, anxious. I'm anxious yeah. or anything. Yeah. It's, it has been like that 10 years ago. But no, it's more like I have that chance of taking a picture of the German chancellor, for example. Yeah. I want to create something that's different mm -hmm. and then I usually when I had don't have any idea then I you can if you would be at my home the night before a photo shoot and you would get up at 3 a.m. and you would walk around my home weird story right well, no this is great this is <laughs> and good. you could actually find me in the living room sitting on the floor books around me from any Leibovitz to Plaudern to anything. I'm not trying to copy them, but just to get inspired. Yeah, it's, like it's a, it's a pose or it's yeah. a, And sometimes it clicks, sometimes it doesn't, but I usually come to a photo shoot with a plan A, plan B, plan C, plan D and E. Yeah. And sometimes A, B, C, D doesn't work because the PR guy or woman says, no, we don't do that or... Sometimes I, I often bring a table, even though I don't need one, and I rarely use it. But yeah. sometimes you just say, okay, sit down I on mean, the table. and That's why you're good. I think if you don't have that energy and that if you're just like didn't give a shit, it's like you're not going to have good work. It's like your work's good. And it really anybody who's a good photographer because they're fully invested in it. Yeah. I'm like that too the night before. More like... I'm like OCD about like checking my bags. Do I all my batteries there? Do I got do I got this? Do I got totally. that? And I'm like, and it's like the only thing in my life I'm like OCD about. It, but I'm like, did I pack it? Is it in there? Mm -hmm. Do I, I got back mm -hmm. up? It's like mm -hmm. it, it, it's, I could look ten times and it's, mm -hmm. just, it's never enough. But mm -hmm. yeah, it, 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 I, I, I activated a new fear some years ago at the German autobahn. We took a break at the gas station and then we looked at the bags again and then we started driving 200 on the autobahn. And at some point, people were. Uh, rushing next to us like waving and we were like yay yay thanks bye 
after five minutes realized that the back door of the car was completely open oh. with all our equipment. <laughs> Did the equipment fall out? No, and oh. luckily not. We wow. were lucky, super lucky. But yeah, that shit happens. Uh, yeah, and uh, looking at your work, like we kind of mentioned, it, you've been able to photograph some um, really powerful people, political leaders. Uh, was politics and photographing politics always something you wanted to do, or it just kind of happened? Not at all. It just happened. Um, you know, I'm not very good in in posing. I can't actually. That's one of the reasons why I take these in between shots because I have no no idea. I if you would lock me into a photo studio, uh, like we, I think yesterday we talked about how boring it is to stand in front of a seamless or yes. like or take pictures in front of a seamless, and I don't know. I don't know how to tell you like left shoulder forward or step back i have no clue and that's why i never tended to do these i don't know fashion shoots or like super sport shoots or anything so i just found my niche by i don't know finding a different way of taking pictures of ceos and politicians and that's what people liked and so i got booked more for it mm. and the second reason why i'm so much into political photography is that i'm a highly interested uh, that i'm highly interested in in, in politics mm -hmm. myself personally and um so if you don't find me on the floor at 3 a.m uh, looking at photo books you would find me in front of new york <laughs> times uh, website <laughs> scrolling through uh, yeah sometimes i see and don't worry. also the thing i've realized and like you're saying because i do similar stuff where you're like looking at work that inspires you and you're trying to like think of poses that might work for these people but you could have all the ideas in the world but until you show up to that day because like some poses yeah. just don't work for everyone like you can look at some amazing photo that annie took or whoever yeah and this pose looks so cool but then when this person shows up it could just look awkward yeah and like some that people doesn't work no it doesn't work and i've realized that because it's like and you can't force it and some people however tall they are how they look or how they kind of carry themselves is something's going to look more natural for them than others you know? yeah, and also it totally depends on do you have hair makeup with you do you have a styling with you do you have the right background do you have the budget from the magazine and just copying other people's work even though we all get inspired here and there mm -hmm. um doesn't work at all i don't have the any leibovitz budget i don't have the four photo assistants and 10 lights and mm -hmm. i don't have george clooney so yeah. um but you can still make great work and there's no excuse like it's like all those things great and they help but it's i'm never gonna let let it set me back from like making great work and neither exactly. and neither do you like you don't you don't need a lot that's why i realized you think like you need all this shit but then they you you don't you just got to figure out what works for you and what you what resource you have now and this use what's around you yeah we talked about uh smartphone photography earlier yeah um I usually hate when people in podcasts talk about what they talked before they started press record. No, nah, it's fine. <laughs> Sorry. No, this is great. <laughs> Sorry for the list no. listeners. <laughs> no, actually, yeah, that's all you need. You need a smartphone and uh, your eyes. But actually, for the real work, yeah, one camera, one light. That's it, what I usually bring. Just one light usually, yeah. Just one light usually, yeah. Of course, if I have different setups, because my photo shoots tend to be two to five minutes usually. Mm -hmm. Um, now that I'm able to afford a second pro photo flash, or, <laughs> you know, all the things that you cannot afford when you're yeah. getting into photography, 
I have my two or three setups um, that I rush from one setup to setup to the other. But usually my main light is carried by my assistant, like a, a living tripod assistant. Oh, you use kind that of. hand, hold yeah, it. yeah, holding, holding, yeah. and. I already fear that the subjects feel more comfortable if they can move around freely. And oh, that makes sense. This. Yeah. Yeah. And it kind of take you a while to kind of find your voice as a photographer, like the style or aesthetic, just kind of how you approach. And it, totally. has it evolved much over the years, you think? It has evolved, but I really cannot say why. Mm. Um, I think at some point I stopped looking at stuff that I didn't like. You, we look at each other's uh, photography way too much, uh, mm -hmm. too often. And so I f feel like just trying around. Also, like two years ago, I was stuck. I felt really stuck in my photography. Like, okay, I'm repeating myself. It's the same light again and again and again. And same location. Same locations. Yeah. You're pretty limited as a political photographer in Berlin. I, I showed you around yeah. a bit yesterday. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, actually, yeah. do we want to shoot at this corner or that <laughs> corner? And that's that's it. Of course, there's 50 corners. But yeah. so two years ago, I approached a good friend of mine, Julia Zellmann, who whoever doesn't know her should check her out. I'm, I'm trying to 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 send some shout outs to her like, yeah, yeah. wherever I can. And I'm so fascinated by her ability to create new new kind of images every single time. And you never know what she comes back with. And I ask her like, so how do you do it? And then she asked me like, so how do you do it? Tell me, how do you work? And I'm like, okay, I have my frame here. I know exactly what I want. Then Olaf Scholz, the chancellor, he rushes in and then I'm like, taking like uh, 50 shots and then I have my shot and she's like, and do you ever move? And I'm like, yeah, really, you know, it's the lines and has to be on point. And she's like, hey, how about you get a zoom and how about you do a step left, step right, yeah. approach him a bit like, and it sounds completely normal to you, but to me with my very controlled way of uh, doing photo shoots, there was, I was mind blown and so I, I started to training again. Oh. Like after 20 years, I felt like a beginner again. Oh, and definitely. It works. I felt that too. Like so many times I realized, and I still do it and I have to be very conscious about it. For so long, I was just shooting tight, 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 tight. Mm -hmm. I like, because I felt like this having that connection, being close and getting the, a person. Oh, so the magazines love it. Tight is like, that's a, that's yeah. a cover. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. But then, but then I was like, I gotta like step back and like shoot wider some, because sometimes the best images are like, mm -hmm. you get a sense of the environment, whatever. And it's like really being conscious of like how you're shooting. It could be not just the lighting. It could be how you inter interact with the subject, the posing and constantly, cause it's so easy once, mm -hmm. cause we've been doing this long enough. Every time you're going to show up, you're going to get a photo that's good. It's good. Like, it's not going to be good enough. Yeah. Good, good enough to yeah. work. Like, you're not messing up anymore. Like, you know how. Are you still scared that you don't get that one shot that's good enough? Not really. Uh, only sometimes, like, in certain situations where it's like editorial shooting, you, it's just you, and then maybe the location's weird. You know, mm -hmm. a lot of times, then it's kind of like it is can be challenging sometimes. But for the most part, if I have like enough time to prepare, and yep. it's not a worry, you know? Um, at least you will get the weird photo. If it's a weird location, you will have at least that one. Yeah, I don't worry about that, but it's more just not getting complacent in what you've been doing for so long. Because I think it's easy, because we all have our bag of tricks. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, light modifier will work in this situation. Mm -hmm. And it's like, uh, I think, I don't know, I have to keep challenging myself, which I've been trying to do. <laughs> shoot, shoot wider, you know?
Yeah, it's the opposite of what I need to do. I always, uh, my photo editors uh, always ask me like, do you have a close up? And I'm like, yeah, I have one. I didn't want to show it, but here it is. And they're like, ah, there we have the cover. Thanks. Thanks for not showing earlier. <laughs> uh, one project on your website I was interested in, I kind of learned about, it's called Last Generation. Mm -hmm. uh, what was that series of photos all about? Actually, uh, it's, uh, you know, climate change is a thing. Oh, yep, yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, we don't have to discuss about that, no. uh, luckily. Um, there is some people here in Germany who actually started to um, to tell everyone, hey, we have that deal. We have the deal in politics. We have the deal about um, bringing down the, the certain levels in the air that create climate change. Um, we're not doing anything. We are going on strike, kind of. So what they did is like they went on, is it called hunger strike in, yep. in English? Yeah. So they sat like 200 meters in front of the place where the German chancellor is, uh, so our kind of White House, and they sat down. We actually walked by that place yesterday. Yep. And uh, they went on hunger strike. I, I forgot for how many days. Like I think it's more like, was it four, six weeks? I don't know. And I also feel that anger in me that we're actually destroying our planet like knowingly. Yep. Uh, scientists have been telling us for 30, 40, 50 years now. And big oil companies have uh, used all the money they could uh, to let us think like, no, it's all good. So, um, yeah, I felt like I can't do much. I feel helpless. But what I can do is like I can take pictures of these people who are so... Um, I'm missing the English word here. They they actually do something. They try. Yeah. But politics didn't like what they do. They felt like uh, they are tricking them into conversation. All they wanted to achieve is like one hour meeting with the German chancellor. Mm -hmm. That's it. So when I vis visited them, I was that uh, was very impressive to see how much they actually knew, much more than me, obviously, and how much they also understood that this will be a catastrophe in five years, in 10 years, in 20 years. Um, what I did, I'm not sure if it was afterwards or before. I never told that in public, actually. Um, I read a book about climate change um, some years ago. It's called Germany 2035, like in 15 years roundabout mm -hmm. back then. Um, and I gave it to our German chancellor. I mean, that's I'm a photographer. I don't, I'm not an editor. I can't write the headline. I can't do the interview. I basically can't do anything. It's I hate that. Yeah. I don't know how you feel. I mean, you do some writing. And yeah, I don't. I'm, I actually yeah. feel pretty comfortable with it. I I hate it because I'm so highly interested in politics, and I'm always standing there for two hours, like listening to the interviews, like I, <clears throat> wrong question, wrong answer. <laughs> like, why do we actually let that person answer like that? It's not even a fact. It's it's a wrong answer. Um, so I used my one shot that I had. I had several photo shoots with uh, our German chancellor, but I gave him that book because I felt like his answers were not fact-based. What did you What did you say when you gave it to him? I actually told him um, greetings from my nephew. Mm -hmm. Back then he was 14 or something, also super interested in climate change and scared a lot. Um, that he asked me to give him that book. That book. Uh, yeah. Oh, so you, get, you gave it to him personally? I gave it to him personally. And uh, next photo shoot, I asked him, like, did he read it? I 
shot him like uh, took f photos of him like eight times so far mm -hmm. and i give to him have to give him the credits he was honest to me he didn't yeah of course he doesn't have time for that but still he's trying yeah it takes guts man this goes somewhere person that power is to like hey I, i usually would never do that so if any photo editor listening here no i'm not the <laughs> photographer who's uh yeah. who's rushing into a conversation by your editors that you send or and I, i would never judge a politician but i feel like that's a topic um that we should really consider taking seriously yeah definitely and i just give him a present I'm, i was not pushing any pressure on him you have to read this otherwise i will be angry but i just have told him hey by the way there is a book you might uh you should read and have fun and because what's your stance as someone who's shot a lot of politicians is there anybody because i've asked other photographers this like is there are there people that maybe you don't agree with like their politics that you wouldn't photograph or like how do you approach that aspect i of get it? that asked a lot yeah um Or you just feel like as a photographer, your, your, your job is just to tell the story? I feel it is. Um, we also have that right-wing party here in Germany who's uh, getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And I personally get scared and all my friends too. Mm -hmm. And some weeks ago, I just remember myself that I took photos of some of their first uh, founders when nobody knew them back then. So wow. I feel like, ah. Did I actually present them to the public? Was I helping them becoming famous? I'm not sure about it. But on the other side, I'm like, we all know how Adolf Hitler looked mm -hmm. because there were photographers who took photos of him. And I feel like as long as I don't take photos for them, yeah. I would uh, never work for a political party. Mm -hmm. um, I'm I'm fine. Yeah. I'm fine. That's That's my... Yeah, you can't you can't ignore. Yeah, it's not like you're shooting advertising for them. It's like you're telling the story of what's going on in the world. You can't even if you don't like it, you can't ignore that it's happening. Pretty much. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And I'm 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 not like uh, I'm not going to a war zone or whatever. I'm I wouldn't even compare myself to them. So all my photography is made up. It's yeah. it's, it's it's fake. The yeah. portrait to me is always fake. It's a collaboration between the subject and me. Yeah. But I'm never trying to create something that's off, yeah. like that's not true. I'm always trying to find these in-between shots, uh, as mentioned. Yeah, no, that's incredible. And I guess to dive more into the pick drop stuff, we kind of touched mm -hmm. on it earlier on, this how initially you kind of really just built it for yourself as a photographer tool that you were looking for. Um, but w when did you kind of decide, because I know talking to you last night, like pick drops like you're kind of your full-time thing you still do you still shoot a little bit here mm -hmm. and there but it's really your day-to-day -day is it's all pick drop and kind of building this company um when did you kind of decide like hey this is what i'm going all in on this and this is what i want to do now that again was not a real decision like i told you last night there was a moment like three years ago when i actually realized uh i can't do both full-time mm -hmm. for years for the like we We had the idea and started building PickDrop 12 years ago. 10 years ago, we first, almost nine, nine and a half years ago, we published the first version, like the first beta that you could use and people were able to pay for it. And we never had any investors or anything. It was just, just us. And the first employee was after four years or something. So we always did both Tobias my co-founder and later Uwe the third co-founder after two years we all had 
jobs on the side and worked on pick drop and we had super small salaries so i had to take pictures mm -hmm. but like five years ago three four five years ago i don't know exactly i realized that's too much i can't do eight hours of and you know i'm a photographer like you all invested you talked about it earlier you you, you don't don't do half stuff it's always 120 yeah so that's already 10 hours a day there's only so many hours in the day like yeah. I, even, i learned this lesson because for when i first started i was trying to do everything because when you're first starting you're not you don't have any clients you're not making a ton of money so you're just yep. like desperate i'm like i'm doing i was doing weddings for a while and then i was doing like whatever magazine stuff i could do and then i realized like i gotta take a step back i can't mm -hmm. do weddings just because it's making me a little bit money mm -hmm. in the grand scheme of things it's it's gonna be yeah, better you, you if, I, if i'm more yeah i'm yeah. gonna be focused you know yeah yeah so yeah what i did is like i actually stepped back not completely from photography but three four five years ago i Yeah, I called a lot of my clients and my super favorite clients, some clients that I had from day one. And I told them, guys, you know, I have that pick drop thing going on. And they always say, yeah, we love that tool. It's uh, so cool. And I was like, hmm. I have to admit, um, I can't do that much photography anymore. So I kept some of my clients, but most of them, 90%, I said, hey, how about we meet again in five years? Yeah, I want to build that product for now and uh, it, yeah was that like a was that a scary thing to do because i know like so much i don't know how it is in germany but like in in the states not i'm not speaking for everyone but a lot of their job or the career is like mm -hmm. oh, it's like almost like our identity a lot of times like in the states the first thing people ask is like what's your name and what do you do yeah it's like the two questions you get in it, the u.s uh, as well yeah definitely. okay i thought it's a german thing i don't know yeah no okay. definitely definitely in the u.s so it's like you spent so much of your life and career building this photography thing and then to kind of take a step back was that kind of like a scary thing to do totally yeah totally um i myself like uh i feel it i'm a photographer first mm -hmm. i'm a photographer and i'm annoying my team every single day with my weird photographer opinions like no we can't do this it's uh <laughs> No, we can. It's uh, we're doing this for photographers, and that's how I see myself. Still, even though my main job now is pick drop, but I I don't want to say that I don't like doing pick drop, but my my heart is at the, in the photography totally. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah. And then when you, when you first started pick drop, is this you and your partners? Like, what was your? Because you said you're not a software engineer, you're not a coder. Mm -hmm. Like, what was your role like start now? Like, what, what were you kind of handling? <laughs> <laughs> I was, and I still am uh, the annoying guy <laughs> that steps into the room. Like, okay, we need this. I read this yesterday. How about? Oh, my client said this. Uh, he didn't get the feature. We need to change the feature. We need. My uh, my client didn't understand how to do the image selection in the gallery. Like, can we make that these buttons bigger or? I'm actually our number one user mm -hmm. and I still am. That's why it's so important to me to not give up photography completely also for my for myself. Uh, but because nowadays we do user surveys and stuff like that and we know what we're doing. But um, I am actually, that's my job. Like and creative director almost. It's like, yeah. I hate that name, yeah. but somebody used it some some weeks ago. My co-founder actually used it. Yeah, in front of I mean, the team. It, kind of, it makes sense. It's yeah, like, it sounds too big to no, me. No, no, Because no. I'm not a designer <laughs> or anything. We have designers on board here nowadays. But yeah. Um, and the second job that I have is like uh, I'm the connection to the photography scene. Like, um, you know how how 
intense I feel about PickDrop. Like every single person that doesn't use PickDrop annoys me like <laughs> from the bottom of my heart. I, I had uh, friends of mine, photographers, good, amazing photographers, much better than me, who I couldn't, um, how do you say, I couldn't bring them to, to convince, using, convince, convince them to, that's yeah, what I was to make the switch. Things. Yeah, I couldn't yeah. convince them to, to try. And so sometimes I'm, I'm just meeting them, inviting them for lunch or whatever. And then I say, okay, now open your laptop, open yeah. pickdrop.com, sign up, give me two minutes to convince you. Yeah. And there's always the same reaction. Like every single time they always react like, shit, I'm such an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> I should have listened to you like three years earlier, uh, three years ago, um, because they quickly realized that it makes such a big impact on their daily work and how the clients see their work. And that's my job as well. Like uh, doing interviews like this, of mm -hmm. course, um, mm -hmm. I want as many photographers as possible to try what we build, like because it's finally something for photographers and not for, uh, even though we make money with it, it's not our main goal. It's our main goal is uh, to create that nice software. And, you know, when you're first starting out, you're building the product. The hardest thing for any business is to find customers or users mm -hmm. what were you doing in the early days like how are you <laughs> find, like you kind of mentioned a little bit but how are you kind of getting the word out there how are you getting people to like actually log in and sign up mm -hmm. actually those things that i just mentioned like just meeting photographers i I just took my public transportation ticket and walked from photo studio to photo studio. Those people that I knew, that's, uh, we were lucky that I was a member of the German photography scene and uh, I guess well-respected members who so people opened their doors and I could sit down and tell them. And what also happened, like back then, blogs were big, social media was not that big and I just contacted some some German photographers who had big photography blogs and I told them, hey, by the way, you talked about how you're using iCloud uh, a year ago in your blog. I created this. Don't you want to be one of our first beta testers, beta users? And um, we were lucky, actually. A lot of those people who I'm, who I'm now friends with after all these years, uh, close friends, they liked it and they talked about it. And back then we didn't do any advertising yet. I feel like half of the money we ever spent for advertising uh, went to your podcast here and there. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not much as thank you know. You, thank you, thank you. I greatly appreciate it though. Um, so because I always felt like I want to convince people through the software, not through some Facebook ads or whatever. And that's what I'm doing. Like I'm and I have that little podcast. Yep. And yeah. Yeah. You want to make a genuine connection. And totally. From, and from talking to you, it's like maybe you can say what it is. But like in your mind, who who's pick drop for um, mm -hmm. like who who's like your target audience and like who, who is it you're hoping will use it, I guess. First, I'm super selfish here. Photographers like me, like portrait <laughs> photographers, uh, advertising photographers, corporate photographers. But first years, we actually saw just me as the number one customer. That's stupid. We, we uh, totally realized that after some time. And we opened it, like the, the features and also the design and the look to more people. Now it can be used by wedding photographers. It can be used by semi-professionals, um, it can be used for, by architecture photographers, uh, but 
most important to me is like it's not a tool to show your work. It's not the new portfolio tool. It's not the new Instagram. It's a working tool. It's a tool to work with your customers. It's the tool that should replace sending zip files or I mean, some people still send hard drives or or FTP logins. Uh, I always say like, you're not sharing, you're not, I'm a photographer. I'm not creating zip files. I'm creating an emotion. And even though when we talk to our clients, we, of course, it's just work. Our clients know how it works. They know I will get delivered like 60 JPEG files. I need to do my selection. I send back the mm -hmm. file numbers. I always feel like the first moment when someone clicks on that link, what I always try to achieve with my work and how I um, configure my pick drop galleries, it's like, I want them to feel, oh, I had, I had <laughs> sorry, my English, uh, I, I hired the right guy. Yeah, That's yeah. what I'm, and I totally see how stressful the work as a photo editor is. And very often they don't immediately download the photos, but they immediately check out the, the link that I share. You know that if you share a link, mm -hmm. two minutes later, you, you have that, yeah. you can see it in pick drop, like if somebody visited the yeah. gallery or not and what they did, et cetera, you have full control of uh, uh, what happened. And that's what I'm trying to achieve. The the people uh, are supposed to think like, okay, job done. Mm -hmm. I'm safe here. I don't need to send another photographer. That happens. Yeah. You know, um, and it's easy to use. Like there's other uh, ones I've used where it's like, where's the download button? Like where mm -hmm. it, it's like, oh, it's hidden. But your guys like, it's literally on every photo. It just says you can click download single photo or you just go left. It's just like, it's it's yeah. just, it's like intuitive. Yeah, we, <laughs> there's a funny thing that happened like after two or three years of pick drop, um, uh, the download button was black, black and white, so f fancy, artsy, <laughs> we thought. Uh, and then we got some feedback here and there, like my clients can't find the download button. You're like, huh? what's going on here? Like it's it's right there, it's not hard to find. So we looked at the statistics and we just did a test and we made the download button green, like bright green, mm -hmm. and statistics went up. Yeah. Like more people were able to find the download button. And that's when we realized, okay, we are just not doing this for ourselves. We are mostly doing this for the clients of our users. And that's our number one mission nowadays. We are, of course, we do this for the photographers. Uh, we want the tool to be as easy as possible for the photographers. But our most important audience is their clients. Mm -hmm. And they, if they are happy, then our photographers get amazing feedback. And if they, they get amazing feedback, they continue using PicDrop. And that's what we always have in mind. Like very often we get feature requests by photographers. Like um, there's one feature request, like I want to be able to decide if my users are, uh, will be able to download single photos or if there's a zip, zip file download. Yeah. Because what they see is like very often they send it to a wedding, um, to visitors of a wedding and yep. then they see that some people just download some photos and some download all photos but ah that uncle he was not supposed to download these and that photos there's other ways to uh, not allow this but what will happen the uncle will download every single photo yeah. and that's the uncle will be annoyed about the software the photographer will be will look bad yeah. so we always have the the visitor and the client of our client in mind and 
what have been some of the biggest challenges of like building this company? Because it's pretty, it's impressive. Even just some since I've known you for like four years, like what you guys have done and going from you were showing me the pictures of like when you guys first started. It was you and your co-founder like in a small little room, mm-hmm. sharing a space with some other people, and now you guys have a really nice office here with like I think like almost twenty employees now. Like, what have been some of the biggest challenges of this kind of building uh, this uh, company? I guess. Um, biggest challenge actually is, actually is accepting the speed. Like we don't have any investors in the background, it's just us and we don't want this to change. Mm-hmm. Um, so we cannot create like 10 feature, features at the same time. But what it does, it forces us to really think like, do we actually need those 10 features? Do photographers need those 10 features? Is it really, does it have to be that complicated? Is there an easier way to achieve that? And so it forces us to listen very, very, very closely to the photographers. And that's what I hate because I would have, I would love to have unlimited uh, budget and like 100 developers and do whatever I want to do every single day. Mm-hmm. But it also forces us to listen and to prioritize a lot. Yeah. That's, that's hard, actually. And what's it like been, because like, being a freelance photographer before this it's just you maybe you hire an assistant here Mm -hmm. and there and then when you start this company it's just you and your your co-founders but now it's like 20 people Mm -hmm. and you're gotta manage it like how's been like growing a company like that like what i would imagine it's got to be tough it's a lot of people and a Mm -hmm. lot of different personalities and everyone has their two cents like how do you is it something that came naturally to you or you think you're still just kind of learning how Mm -hmm. to like manage a a ship this big i guess honestly we have an amazing team but there's up and ups and downs Mm -hmm. i never needed to let go someone in my life before but Mm -hmm. you know after 10 years of course sometimes need to let go someone or um, I didn't ever know how to do feedback meetings. Like, have you ever done a feedback meeting in your no, life? No, what do you do? Like, what, what is it? <laughs> it's like you, you invite everyone in the office in and just kind of give their two cents. I'm like, what's no, going on? No, 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 feedback, like personal feedback meetings, like after six months, after oh, a year, yeah. I don't know. No, I've never uh, done that. Yeah, I know what you're talking is about. Is it called feedback meetings in English? Uh, it's, or is it it's, called? it's called, uh, they have a name for it, but I know what you're talking okay, about. Okay, so you yeah, obviously yeah. you didn't do one no, in your whole life. I've always neither, worked for myself. So, uh, so I'm also... You might have realized by now I'm also very open about my opinions and my feelings and it's not always the right moment to let everybody know how you feel and uh, what's your honest opinion and big learnings on the way. I'm still not a perfect leader, but I hope we have a, I'm not hoping, I'm pretty sure we have a pretty uh, nice atmosphere in the team Mm -hmm. and everybody loves to work here, including me. what was the question again? Just learning how to manage <laughs> this many people because yeah. it's like you've gone, it, you used to this work for yourself as a photographer and then it, when you started it was just you and your founder and now it's grown to like 20 people. Yeah, but it's not all on me. I have yeah. my two co-founders. We yeah. have amazing team leads. Yeah. Uh, you just met Katarina. Yeah. She's the team lead of the, of the support and many other amazing people. Mm-hmm. And I can go on holiday for four weeks and nobody misses me. Wow. Yeah. That, cause that's the thing. Even I struggle with myself is like, and you realize you want to build anything. You can't do it by yourself. Mm-hmm. You you start by yourself, mm-hmm. but then you need help. And it's like, but it's kind of scary. Like, it's kind of scary. Like growing, cause you're you have to invest in yourself. I'm sure the first time you guys hired an employee, that was a yeah. bit that was a big investment. 
there was an investment and weird all of a sudden there was someone in our group yeah who didn't have the same i mean he totally had the same ideas and everything we were completely committed to the same thing but it's a different perspective if you're a founder if it's your baby mm -hmm. or if you're an employee luckily all our employees get that and we don't have any problems with that but It's different, yeah, yeah. And so it's different if you sit down with your co-founder uh, late at night or if you have to wait for the next morning and have to ask for a meeting on something because you cannot just call your... I mean, maybe in the US, but yeah. uh, here in Germany, we don't call our employees at night. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. that's why we were, had a whole conversation about yeah. yesterday how this, how the work culture is so much different here. Totally. Like you, you guys really, like, what, what do you say? How, many, how much vacation do people... Like you start a pick drop and you get a job here. How much vacation do you get? Uh, when I started, or like if you, uh, hire, the, if, you uh, if, if, if if someone starts here at Pickup, thirty days. That's amazing. Yeah, thirty days, like uh, not including weekends or holidays or anything. It's like, all on, on top. That's yeah. that's incredible. And so of course, paid uh, sick leave and stuff. Like and you that. told me even last night, if someone's here at six o'clock, you're like, go home. You're like in the evening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, yeah sure. it's incredible. This is yeah. a different culture of uh, work environment, which is inc yeah. incredible. Um, but we don't create that company to sell it as quickly as possible. We mm -hmm. create it to stay, and that's uh, so. You want people right. that are invested that want to be here for a long time and yeah. help yeah. grow. Yeah, of course. Someone who works here for five years, that person knows a lot. Why would I mm -hmm. actually want that person to burn out? Yep. That person created like uh, personal contact to our customers, to our clients, to our users, our photographers, and is invested in, uh, let's say, like the the front end, invested into all the features that he or she build and uh, it's part of the team. Yeah. yeah, you want them to be happy and then you're happy and everyone works together, you know? Yeah, next time you come back here, you're invited. <laughs> yeah. uh, You know half of the team already. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Would be would be weird if the team has uh, is completely different in a year or whatever. Yeah. It's so. a lot, it's a lot different in the states. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's another number. Um, and I guess, what would you say to someone who is you know has the choice between using PickDrop, Dropbox, WeTransfer, mm -hmm. or whoever else? Like, what would you say to them if they're a photographer? Why should they use PickDrop in your mind? Actually, I talked about that with a colleague some weeks ago and what most people, as I mentioned, these are great tools. Mm -hmm. They are good enough. I, I don't mean that in a, in, a, in a mean or disrespective way. They are totally good enough if you want to transfer files from A to B. But in an economy like nowadays where you have to fight for your clients and where you actually have to, actually have to always do a little bit more than your competitor, mm -hmm. the other photographer that you admire, but who's still a competitor of yours. I guess you have one in Boston. Everyone's got yeah, one. Yeah, <laughs> everyone. So I personally feel like um, showing up with something a bit more than your competitor does is makes difference. Mm -hmm. And the guy that I talked to, Nils, um, <laughs> some, some weeks ago, he actually did the math. Uh, he was like, Okay, so I pay 15 euros or dollars or whatever for pick drop. That's 12 months. It's like 180 a year. And if even one client is not leaving me and going to my competitor because of that investment that I did, 
then it's a plus $1,800 or something. Mm. You have a day rate of $2,000, let's say. Yep. And that's actually the huge difference. Like invest in how you work with your clients. And it's a huge difference for the clients if they download a zip file and then they have all that mess on in their finder on their hard drive, mm -hmm. or if they can just visit something that's branded with your logo, your name, and they can use smart tools. And the biggest moment that I loved after five years is when I actually heard from those photo editors that I work with, like personally as a photographer, when they were telling me before, after shoots that now they ask other photographers to also send their files through PicDrop. <laughs> of course, yeah. that was amazing for me, like, okay, yeah. wow, now my clients Working. force other photographers yeah. to use my tool. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that showed to me why I was so amazed is it showed them or it showed me how much they appreciated using that software. It saves a lot of time. And then yeah, if you're not doing this, uh, you actually might lose clients. Definitely. It's all it, no matter what business you're in, it's like customer service. It's like, how do you how, it, you're creating an experience? It's like it's like the difference between going to like a really nice restaurant and there's some like it's in the DNA of uh, yeah. US uh, should be in the DNA of US photographers as well. Right. I mean, everyone's different, like, mm -hmm. so, but it's all how it's all how you your presentation of your website, mm -hmm. uh, how you invoice clients, how you estimate, mm -hmm. like, how do you make it easier? Because at the end of the day, like, for one, you got to take a good picture for the job for the client. But then it's all the other things that you have to do to make it easier on the mm -hmm. client, like how just making it easy on email. Uh, how my how I, my presentation for my um, estimates immediate and, invoicing not wait with your invoice for four weeks and stuff like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. all that stuff that's making it easier so it's like i mean i say it all the time in the ad it's just like it just streamlines it for you and you're not wasting your time because mm -hmm. i tell yeah it is an investment you got to spend the money to use this service or whatever but it's at the end of the day it's going to make your life easier it's going to make your client's life easier. It's just the cost of doing business. It's mm. just investing in yourself. Do you think we should raise the prices? Or? I don't know. I'm not a business. I'm not a money guy. So <laughs> you're the wrong. I'm the wrong person. Okay. And that, but it's, uh, you know it. yeah. Cause it is the goal to compete with Dropbox and these big companies one not day. Even. No, not even. Yeah. No. I'm totally fine with those. They are like a thousand times bigger than us. Yeah. I guess. I don't know. I don't know their numbers. Um, yeah. no, actually, you know, we kind of conquered Germany, Switzerland, and Austria already. Like, uh, I rarely see a photographer not using PicDrop here. Mm -hmm. And for those who don't, I'm fine. Yeah. I'm fine with them. Um, my personal goal is I want those people that we talked earlier about, you know, I want Platon to use PicDrop. I want Joe Puck to use yeah. PicDrop. I want <laughs> Annie Leibovitz to use PicDrop, even though she's not never, yeah, she's not touching her yeah, fights at yeah, all. But yeah. I want her yep. diggy guy. Digital guy, woman, or whoever. Like, I want them to use PicDrop. I want my heroes from back then. People making creative work. You know? Yeah, people who. That's my. That's just my personal good. I. I know why you're asking that question. You knew what I would say, right? Yeah. Uh, but, um, and if that's happening, I totally trust that all the other hundreds of thousands of photographers out there will use that too, and um, and I will be. I will be happy. Um, um, that's my number one goal. And yeah. If I'm happy, then I create good software with my team yeah. that makes other photographers happy. So. Definitely. And w in your mind, like, what are your favorite features with PicDrop? Um, I wouldn't say it's a specific 
feature to me um, what I'm most proud of is that it's simple like uh, you don't need to send uh, how do you say you don't need to send like a PDF on the side like how to use this software yeah because that's the problem yeah. I've tell it's like not once since I've used this have I ever had to like get on the phone and like give them like a step-by-step hey you got to click this you got it yeah. because some of them you have to like enter a code and yeah. there's like a number whatever it's uh it's as easy you know i mean to to understand my answer you have to know pick drop pick drop works like you create a folder and then you just drag and drop your photos and then it's just there all the previews like 12 different sizes for different uh, display sizes and mm-hmm. uh, mobile versions it's all created in the background like instantly like one or two seconds it's super, and, and super I, fast and you'll love this story this week while i'm in germany like three uh three days ago mm-hmm. i got an email from um this doctor that I had photographed three years ago mm-hmm. and she's like hey i need i would love to license this picture for this yeah. thing i'm doing and all i had to do this log into my pick drop account and i had the search i typed in her name and i had her folder and it's like bing bang boom made a couple hundred bucks and yeah, it's, you created a copy of the photo put it in another folder send the link yeah it's easy exactly. yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. It was, and i did that all from like my phone <laughs> yeah exactly so um yeah what i'm most proud of is that whatever you want to do there's a way to do it it's uh, basically it's just a folder but then you just open the so-called gallery settings as we call them and here because we understand that every single client and every single job is different every single assignment is different so you're not forced into a specific way to work as other software and gallery systems for photographers do um the only person who decides how that gallery looks is you. Mm-hmm. You just activate or deactivate that feature. You don't want your, let's say you don't want your users to create like uh, selections. Yeah. You deactivate that feature if you want them to just use color markings like red, uh, red, yellow, green, like uh, no, maybe, yes. Or, or people, the one I use the most is not letting them download function because mm-hmm. it could be some person yeah. who's like reaching out like, hey, I want, I'm interested in licensing this thing, but I don't want to give them and then I'll put the watermark on it so it's like they can't even the screenshot it. So exactly. it's like, Hey, you can look at it, but if you're exactly. interested in buying yeah. it, then yeah. we go from there. You know? Yeah, what I always, what I used to say like 10 years ago, I wanted to, not what I only used to say, but what I also felt, I wanted to get back the control. I, I felt, it felt so bad to send pictures to like magazines mm-hmm. and they were not high risk yet or not edited. And then I was like, whatever happens, I have no clue. Now they're on their hard drive. They will send them to another department. They will put it online or whatever. And yeah. You have to be protective of your archive because that's like the longer you do this, that's yeah. how it's not all about money. But like when you're doing this as a living, you have to protect because like the way the Internet is now, a lot of people that are not educated in licensing, they think that like anything on the Internet is just like free to take. Yeah. And that's just not what the case. So you have to be. And this is this helps you like kind of protect yeah. that. Yeah. Even yeah. our clients sometimes feel like, oh, no, I paid for this like two years ago. I can reuse it. No, maybe yeah. not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah. with now everyone talking about AI and I know you, you said you use chat GBT yourself like every day for different mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. Is that something as a company, do you see AI being used for a pick drop in the future? Is it something you guys are spending much time thinking about? Or Honestly, I'm thinking about it a lot. Um, maybe the competitors, should I say that out loud? No, yeah, whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have the one idea yet. Yeah. Because what pick drop 
is not it's not an editing tool like uh, photo editing it's an editing tool like create edits of several yeah. photos yeah. but we don't do the hey give me that uh, Joe Pug look or whatever or the any Leibovitz look um, that's what AI is a lot about nowadays but actually PicDrop is a sharing and feedback tool and I don't see how my clients need AI to give me feedback on the 60 photos I shared with them. I'm super happy for ideas. Mm -hmm. um, and next week we will have a little AI workshop in the team and just uh, come together for an hour and hey, brainstorming mode, no bad ideas. Just what do you feel like? What could we develop for our users? So we are on that topic. Mm -hmm. But right now it's a tool from a human person to a human person and the in-between, mm -hmm. and it makes that process easier. Also like, you know, when your client has selected photos, it's just with picture it's three clicks to find them back in Lightroom and capture one. It's no searching, endless scrolling, searching the specific, num specific numbers. It's just three clicks and that already works. We don't need AI for that, so. No, I unfortunately I cannot put AI on my on my tool and make it, uh, set it like for the, 10th uh, yeah. uh, to some investors like yeah. many companies do nowadays <laughs> they throw not it. a 10th like a 10 times more that's yeah, what I meant I, uh, get, I get what you're saying yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and I guess <laughs> the wrap up like what are you what are you currently most excited about what you guys are working on and then like any any big goals for the future you're, mm -hmm. you're hoping to work on down, mm -hmm. the, down the line I guess um, right now but when are you plan on releasing that episode this one yeah uh, probably not for a few more weeks I got a couple in front of you Okay, a few more weeks, good. Yeah. Then, so when this uh, episode is out, we will have the new design out yeah. already. So we worked on this for a year. Um, like we completely recoded PicDrop and it's much, even though it was the quickest already, it's now it's even more mm -hmm. quick and it's uh, perfect on mobile, on tablet, on desktop. And that's something I'm looking, looking forward to a lot. And after that, there will be a nice uh, voting feature, actually. So what happens a lot when you have uh, corporate clients, for example, you there is like six, eight people in the marketing department of that big company that you worked for. And then you share the pictures and you know these endless emails that you get like, ah, oh, Suzanne, she will, she liked that photo more. And then two days later, there's like, oh, we agreed on that photo now. And yeah. How about we give them a tool to vote as a team? So you will be able to um, to share a gallery, put it in voting mode, and wow, then it's like a, it's almost like Instagram po uh, store like poll. Yeah, so you to be able to see the percentage or how many votes yeah, or whatever. Yeah, it will be a mix of you know Twitter likes, Instagram yeah. wow. likes, but as a professional tool and just not for the public. Don't get me wrong; it will not st those galleries. Or the only one who will be able to. To open a gallery in general is the one that you shared the secure link with, but your actually your clients will be able to vote, and to it will be less annoying for you. You will just get the final vote, and then you can go back to Lightroom, capture one, whatever you use, and edit mm -hmm. those photos. And that's something I'm very much looking forward to. Yeah, and of course we are constantly improving it. Like since ten years, um, I don't even know specific feature to tell. Let me think about it. Do you, and I guess being at your going year ten doing this, mm -hmm. did you ever think it, it would get to where it is now? Because I know you told me how many photos a day are being uploaded to mm -hmm. PicDrop. Mm -hmm. I should have I shouldn't have told you. I should have let you guess how many. <laughs> yeah. uh, 
So it's actually more than a million a day. Would you ever would have thought it gotten that big? Like no, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> My our biggest goal was to pay the rent, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Now we have twenty employees. That's crazy, dude. And Thirty million pictures a month, dude. <laughs> yeah. Wild. Yeah. We we just cracked the one billion photos. Wow. Lots of videos, by the way. Yep, uh, video. Yeah, yep. we support videos since uh, around about half a year, maybe a year when this episode comes out. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it's it's crazy. But yeah. to me, it's just a good sign that the German talking photographer Xenex has accepted that tool. And now next step actually will be hopefully the US, maybe the world. I don't know. I'm trying. I'm going <laughs> to keep spreading the word. And uh, I thank you for taking the time to do this, Andreas. It's, all, it's always a pleasure to talk to him. I appreciate like your genuine enthusiasm for obviously photography, but then also just what you're doing, man. It's like real inspiring so thank i appreciate and and thanks for the invite and thanks for support my podcast man like i i was surprised you guys wanted to like when you reached out to me like years ago so it's been uh but you know why you know you know why i love to support your podcast it's not like we make hundreds of, <laughs> yeah, yeah, of, of yeah. signups through the podcast it's more like you're the podcast with those people that i mentioned like a lot during this episode that whose work i admire whose work our whole team admires the yeah. real photographers the yeah. those that who push photography forward, who, who create amazing books and gallery exhibitions, and uh, those are your guests that you admire too, mm -hmm. I guess. Yeah, and you, you've inspired <laughs> me, man. I'm gonna like, you're talking, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go home and put some more work in here, try to get some more listeners and get it going. Like, uh, cause yeah, like I really just do it for the love of it, to be honest. I just yeah. enjoy the same thing with you as photographers yeah. and everything you're doing. So uh, can't thank you enough. And I'll tell people again, with this episode, if you use the promo code BANTER, you'll get two months free of PickDrop. Oh, yeah. yeah, this is not a paid episode. You actually, <laughs> we just wanted to talk, but yeah. uh, nobody's getting paid for this. But we have that collaboration going on. Yep. So. Might as well use it. Uh, I'm going to keep spreading the word, but uh, thanks so much, Andreas. Thank you so much for the invite.